This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This leads me to the Bill Polian quote that I just talked about a minute ago. And this is what he said about Ryan Poles' experience in Kansas City and why it, it made an uh, impression on him when they went through the interview process, first via Zoom, then uh, he turned it over, I think, to George and Ted. He said, um, talking about Ryan's experience in Kansas City, he said, from that, you know, A, what it takes to climb the mountain. B, you know what it, that, it, what, that it can be achieved. C, you know how you've achieved it somewhere else. And D, you recognize all that you have to do in order to achieve, in order to achieve that, and it can't be done overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. Bears fans need to recognize that. He went on to say, neither Ryan nor Matt Eberflus are going to wave a magic wand and all of a sudden everything is going to change at Hallis Hall. This team needs an infusion of talent. It needs for Justin Fields to grow and develop, and it needs to learn how to play in new systems offensively and defensively. Again, this is back in the offseason of 2022, but that's the the, the guy who was kind of the, the engine of your search for a new GM telling you why Poles' experience in Kansas City resonated with him a Hall of Fame executive who, who had success at multiple stops in his career. Uh, just something to, to, to stow away in the back of your mind as, as we go into this. Now, do you want to get into this? For those following on YouTube, I've got my color-coded sheet of paper here about NFL relevance that we can get into whenever you're ready, unless you have some thoughts on, on what Bill Polian had to say. I have one more thought on what Bill Polian said and Ryan Poles, and then we get to your your stack of papers. I'm very impressed. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that... That seems Bill, sarcastic. No, no, not at all. Um, you know, I think when, when Ryan Poles took the job, he must have been very honest about what he was going to do because Bill Polian's words after the fact, or maybe even just leading it... His approach must have been very honest and transparent, like, hey, guys, we're going to tear this down. Hey, guys, we're going to you're going to have to believe in me before I've given you reason really to believe in me. And I think that was part of it. And then we have seen that happen because I think if you brought in somebody else, you would be typically looking at uh, their past trades and what they did in in terms of dealing, uh, you know, dealing in the draft in commodities. So, you know, let's, let's look at Khalil Mack. Before one of the first big moves that Ryan Poles made was trading Khalil Mack to the Chargers. What did they get back for Khalil Mack? A second rounder and a sixth rounder? Well, does that, should we be looking more at that kind of ex- example for Ryan Poles rather than a lot of this rhetoric? Should we be looking at what was real when he was actually dealing with other general managers and bartering and negotiating and getting the best he could for players he had to unload or getting the best he could for the Bears moving forward in their future was was a second and a sixth enough for Khalil Mack, even though everybody knew he was trying to unload him. 
Well, right. And then you've got to turn those, those picks into something. And that's the key. It's all, it's one thing again, to accumulate picks, but then you've got to be a mastermind in the draft at using those picks in a way that gets you productive players that help you become a successful football team. You know, so, so what, what you just brought up here, I think leads us back into the, the original question you asked, which is how much confidence do you have in Ryan Poles after one year on the job? I think uh, Wednesday of this week was his one year anniversary since being introduced at Hellasaw, or at least being hired. And so now we've got, a year's worth of work to kind of do a performance review on. That used to be Ted Phillips's job. It's now Kevin Warren's. He's going to go through this list and see, okay, all right, let's start w- with the biggest decision you've made to your, t- in your time on the job, and it was the hiring of the head coach. Well, how excited are you, David Hall, about the hiring of Matt Eberflus after one year? I mean, just like uh, generally, how, how excited are you? Well, I do like Matt Eberflus. I don't think he was given a fair shot in terms of that wasn't an NFL roster that he was trying to coax into uh, a victory every Sunday. I, I don't like the comparisons to Brian Dable, who did what he did with the Giants, Doug Peterson, who did what he did with the Jaguars. I don't know that um, either guy would have had success in Chicago in his first year. So I don't like the incomplete, but we talked about Flucy last time on the pod in terms of evaluating him. It's somewhat incomplete because I don't know that we've seen what he can do when he does have talent. He's a defensive-minded head coach. But as far as a first move for Ryan Poles, I think it probably reflects well on him because he hired somebody who had what he doesn't. He didn't have head coaching experience, but he certainly had NFL experience. And I think that it was a good compliment for him. So here, let's do this. Like, say you, you say you're going into this offseason with a, a half tank of confidence in, in, in Ryan Poles. We're just giving him a half tank of confidence yeah. because that's just the benefit of the doubt that he gets as a, a first timer. Does the hiring of Fluce move your, your fuel? Yeah, I think it up? increases. I think, I think it's probably, you know, uh, if not slightly order six tenths. Oh, yeah, wow. all right. You're going, oh. you're going up there. All right. So, so then we go to free agency, right? And you look mm-hmm. at what he did in free agency last year. That starts with signing Larry Ogunjobi and then rescinding the contract after a fail failed physical. Um, you've got guys like Lucas Patrick, Byron Pringle, Justin Jones, Nick Morrow, Aquadine Muhammad, and Equinemius St. Brown to assess. How much did free agency fill your tank? My, from my engine's sputtering. I'm, I'm pulling over and I'm trying to get some <laughs> of that gas cleaner they get at the gas station for five 99 and seeing if my gas get cleaner and my engine will work better because those were bad decisions. Yeah. And then, you know, the, your lower tier guys in free agency, Kari Blasingame, Ryan Griffin, Mike Pennell, Dante Pettis, then right before training camp, Riley Reef, Michael Schofield, uh, Trevor Simeon was, was, was signed in that world. All right. The draft. 11-man draft class. They wheeled and dealed during draft weekend in 2022, and this is the 11-man draft class they came up with. Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Valus Jones, Braxton Jones, Dominique Robinson, Zachary Thomas, Tristan Ebner, Doug Kramer, Jatari Carter, Elijah Hicks, Trenton Gill. Is your tank filling up a little, a lot, not at all? Overall, overall, I think we're back to a half tank. I think we're back to a half tank. I think the the misses or the disappointment in free agency could be – compensated or or leveled off by some of the positives about the draft. Now, it's very early to draw any conclusions on a guy like uh, Braxton Jones, for instance. You like what you see. You'd like to see more. Uh, same with Kyler Gordon and I think yep. Jaquan Brisker to a lesser degree. But there are players you can envision being Chicago Bears for a while and being good players for a while. I think you have to go in I don't know what your next uh, level is, but Jack Sanborn has to be thrown into that mix, and he was probably the most surprising rookie. So that evaluation also reflects well 
on Ryan Poles' ability to find players. And so while I'm not thrilled with the free agent results, I'm encouraged by the draft results. Major subtractions. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith. Those are three three guys that were part of your roster that you inherited. They're not here. You got different uh, compensation back in, in three different trades. How do you feel about those trades? I understand why they got rid of Khalil Mack, I suppose. I wanted more for him in return, but I guess that if you go into this wanting to tear it down, it starts with a salary cap and you have to shed it. And trading Khalil Mack with a salary dump, Robert Quinn, same deal. I wish they would have done it on draft night. I've said it before. I think they could have gotten more for Robert Quinn. If they were going to unload him at the deadline, they should have done it on the draft night when teams are more desperate to give up draft picks that you needed to multiply. You know how I feel about Roquan Smith. I don't think you get any better as a franchise by letting 25-year-old Pro Bowl talent, all pro talent this year, walk out the door. Chase Claypool trade. I'm still thinking that that could work. I'm not one who I, – I don't fault Ryan Poles for making the Chase Claypool trade because I understand why he did it to get in front of the free agent class. I know it was a high price, but I'm also counting on the fact that if all this losing continues to happen, we're going to have a high pick – and I might be able to use that to, to multiply more picks. I want a 1A receiver. I want to upgrade at the position. Chase Claypool still gives you that hope that you can do that. I'm never going to knock a guy for low-risk, high-reward dice rolls, but Nikhil Harry and Alex Leatherwood are two guys that arrived with people going, oh, first-round talents, first-round talents. They can be reclamation projects here. They're obviously not, and they're not part of the Bears' long-term plan. So that's all part of that. Look, so it's it just, it, for, for me, you go through all those things, the hiring of the coach, free agency, the draft, trades, all those different things, and you say, yeah, like this is a huge, huge offseason for Ryan Poles to tell us who he is. It's a huge, huge offseason to evaluate at this time next year and go, man, he really pushed the Bears closer to being a team that could not only be competitive in 2023, but can be a contender in 24, 25, and beyond. Because that's what we're aiming at, right? And that's what that's that feeling of always being chased that he has. It's to be that consistent contender. And let me go back to the free agent conversation briefly and, and, and bring it into what, where we are now a year later. The Larry Ogunjobi thing was maybe something that you wonder, could it have happened to anybody? Could it happen to every team? Whatever, maybe. Look, but it's like Carlos Correa, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> may, may, maybe, maybe. You're right, but it happened to a first-time rookie general manager, and he allowed it to happen. Ryan Bates, same deal. Made him an offer. The Bills matched it. Was the contract structured in a way that was, you know, the best possible way for the best? Maybe. You want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Here's the thing where I'm going with this. Those things reflected an inexperience that may have or may not be fair in, in saying that that was part of this. And Ryan Poles was the first time GM and maybe inexperience led to those misses in free agency. This time around, that's where I think, and this might be naive, I acknowledge that, but I think Kevin Warren coming aboard, providing that leadership, providing that wisdom, making sure that the guy reporting directly to him doesn't make these kind of misreads. They may not be mistakes. They may be misreads that you anticipate everything before it happens, that you anticipate every negative outcome and you address things before you get to that point. And that's where I think it's hard to quantify the leadership that Kevin Warren brings to Hallis Hall and the oversight that he provides a general manager like Ryan Poles. I, I'm 100% with you, maybe 200% with you on that topic. And I think some of those contributions will never be seen. They will never be tangible. They will just be 
guidance and direction behind the scenes that we'll never be able to be like, oh, that has Kevin Fing- Warren's fingerprints all over it. But Ryan Poles will know, and he'll and collectively they'll understand that there's a synergy and a, and a, and a push, you know, that, that that is making this team better. And ultimately, the goal is for this team to be better and this team to become something that is actually relevant. Well, let's just go practical uh, application for one example, which I think makes our point. Khalil Mack and the Chargers. Okay, the Chargers are interested. They want to offer a, a second and a sixth for Khalil Mack. This is a year ago. And, and, and Ryan Poles has that offer in front of him. Well, wh- where does he go back and take it? George and Ted? I mean, okay, right. guys. I got a second. What do you think about this? Well, I mean, he's, t- he's taking it to Ian Cunningham, and 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 they're they're you know, but like I'm I'm with you that you that, you know the boss who has to sign off on them. What do you think? I'm like, I mean, what do you think, Ryan? You're hired to do this this year. If some some trade proposal, let's say the Cockamamie Raiders trade proposal, <laughs> comes in front of Ryan Poles or whatever the case may be, you know where I'm going with this. He goes back to his office and he goes into Kevin Warren's office. I think it's a much different scenario. That is hard to quantify. We'll never know how much that happens. But my suspicion is Kevin Warren isn't signing off on anything that 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 doesn't add up. That doesn't. That, and I don't think he's going to leave any you know, die, uh, any I undotted and T uncrossed. And I think that's the thing that you get. And that's why I believe. Yeah. I, I have more confidence in Ryan Poles now than I did probably a month ago. I, I, I'm I'm way with you on that topic because there's not going to be a lot of shrugging. You know, there's going to be direct questions. There's going to be honest, candid conversation. There's going to be a mutual um, respect in the way those conversations ebb and flow that that makes everything better for the football team. And that's the ultimate goal here. Like, you know, you just brought up something that with 15 weeks until the draft, we can we can do a cockamamie trade proposal of the week every week here on, on the Take the North I'm, podcast because <laughs> they're coming. You're going to be in charge of that. You'll spearhead it. You'll right. pull it up every week. I'll, and, find, and we'll, I'll find next week's and we will. I guarantee you I'll be able to find one. And every week we'll find a new one that I can brand cockamamie. <laughs> 